Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So a lot of times with new technologies and data science uh, is definitely a new field. You see it applied to all sorts of situations where, um, I, I guess, situations of privilege, right? Uh, in Silicon Valley here, I see that a lot, where you see data science solving a lot of first world problems, but not necessarily solving uh, problems that are bigger that affect more people than just the, the first world or the upper class. Yeah, you know, this has been on my mind a lot lately. Um, as you know, recently I moved to Chicago, and I think Chicago is actually a city that's really leading the way uh, with with data science being applied to making the city of Chicago a better place to live and, and helping people out with their lives in like a, a way that has a real impact. So I would love to talk about some of those projects. Awesome. You are listening to Linear Digressions. So what's the first one? So the first one is actually a collection of, of many projects. Um, there's something that's run uh, out of Chicago called the Data Science for Social Good Fellowship. Um, and I think this is really great. It's an opportunity for people who have quantitative backgrounds. Usually they're at least a master's degree. Some of them are PhD or even postdocs. And they're interested in taking those skills and applying them to projects that have social impact. And, uh, and this is kind of centered in Chicago. And I had the privilege of going to an event recently where some of these groups were talking about the projects that they did just in the span of, of the summer. And there were a number of these more than we would be able to go into great detail with. Um, but one that I thought was pretty cool was a, uh, a piece of, of software, a program that is kind of like the plagiarism detection software that sometimes you, you might have encountered in college or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the idea is you put in a piece of text and it can tell you if it you know, has an exact match with another piece of text that it's already seen. And the, not just an exact match, like a similarity as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a similarity that couldn't be explained by just coincidence, but that it's, mm. there's very likely some, some kind of copying going I on. See. So uh, one of the groups wrote a piece of software like this, but they were specifically orienting it toward the text of bills that were being introduced in legislatures throughout the United States. And so what happens, Mm. I didn't know this, um, but what happens is you have lobbying groups that are trying to get legislation passed in many different places in the United States. And so they'll actually write up bills and send them to legislators and say, like, introduce this as legislation. And so sometimes those exact bills verbatim end up being uh, proposed as, as legislation in many different places, um, you know, sometimes oh. even at the same time. So it's not that the lobbyist is, uh, that the lobbyist groups are going up to Capitol Hill and, you know, banging on the doors of people and saying like, hey, introduce this bill in this area. Uh, they're, they're sending these things out to people all across the states. Yeah, so you can get, you know, a bill in Kansas that has the exact same text as a bill in Wisconsin. And maybe there's a bill in West Virginia that has something very similar as well. Wow. So, and and nobody would ever know. Right, yeah. laws are not fun to, <laughs> legislation is not fun to read. Oh, yeah, totally. And so, you know, before... The way that you would have to catch this is basically like reading all of this legislation, which is impossible to do in the first right. place. And, and you couldn't keep it all in your brain. Oh, too. of course not. Yeah. Um, but of course, computers have no problem with this. Um, so the idea then is that this is an algorithm that you, if you can pick up on 
uh, sort of these repeated patterns, then you can see the influence of, of lobbyists or, or places where lobbyists are maybe pushing particularly hard on um, some particular topic that before maybe would have passed unnoticed. So it's a way that you can kind of keep tabs on uh, what's going on in your legislatures that, uh, that no one's been able to do before. That is really, really cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat. And then there are a few other projects. These didn't come out of the Data Science for Social Good uh, Fellowship, but I think they're pretty neat anyway. Um, so one is a project that is about trying to predict health code violations. And so okay. the idea is that the city um, has a certain number of restaurants that are going to get randomly inspected um, every month. and um, But it's only a very small fraction of the city that will um, get inspected. So is there any way that you can predict where the violations are going to happen so you can try to inspect those places more quickly and hopefully, you know, assuming that there's a big problem there, you get the place to, to shut down or to clean things up a little bit before people start getting sick. So how do you how do you predict something like that? Because it seems like that's kind of a one-off thing, you know, like a restaurant gets a, a cockroach infestation or something like that. Like how, how would you predict something like that? Yeah. So part of the um, information that they use is weather. I, and I, I think what's going on there is they're looking for things like heat waves um, oh. where maybe like the refrigeration uh, could be kind of a problem. And they also look at things like Yelp reviews and similar information to that, that that's kind of a good crowdsourced way of, you know, if you start to see a bunch of reviews of people complaining about a place being dirty, that that might be something that gets reflected in the uh, in the inspections as well. So, I mean, just kind of simple, um, you know, nothing very fancy in terms of data sources, but thinking about it in a way that, you know, maybe hadn't been thought about before. Right. That I mean, that has the exact same problem as the legislation one, which is that you can't go sifting through Yelp reviews it's just not scalable. There's so many Yelp reviews that get posted every day. But if you have a machine learning algorithm go through it and you know do some sentiment analysis and figure out that this restaurant is getting a good number of dirty uh, reviews, then that's, that's a good way to, I guess, a good predictor. Yeah, there's lots of examples like this. And, and I'm going to be very proud of my new city here. I think Chicago is really leading the way in this. They have this big open source kind of data platform um, that anybody can go on and download just tons of data about the city of Chicago. So it's not just that they're encouraging these kinds of studies, but they're also, I think, really opening themselves up to, uh, to other people, like taking a look at their data, trying to figure out things about crime and things about where there might be a rat infestation next week and we should <laughs> send out, yeah. you know, some people to work on it. Um, all kinds of things. Um, so I think that's, that's really great. It's a lot of fun to um, be seeing all these kind of CPU cycles that all these data scientists have and they're, they're trying to make, uh, you know, the community a better place. That having been said, I think that uh, there are lots of cities that are launching initiatives like the one that we have here in Chicago. And if there are any listeners out there who have been involved in projects like this, I think it'd be super cool to hear about them because I know they're they're going on. It's just these are the ones that I hear about every day. And the last thing that I want to say is that it's a movement that's also happening uh, kind of online as well as in American cities or even international cities. So for a long time, there's been a very popular machine learning competition website called Kaggle. 
that many of our listeners might be familiar with. These are kind of like open data science uh, type competitions that people like to compete against each other. And they're, they're usually sponsored by, um, like one of them was, was sponsored by uh, CERN or they're sponsored by corporations or nonprofits. And there's now a whole uh, site very similar to Kaggle called drivendata.org. Um, that's all about hosting projects and competitions that are oriented towards making the world a better place. So you're helping them figure out where to dig wells in Africa or how to help people get healthcare effectively or these types of projects. So even if you don't live in one of these cities that has a big open data science initiative, you can still take part in this, this movement um, just on the web. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.